0: What is up everyone i'm ryan from fireside yankees and in today's episode we have a very special guest from the athletic chris kirschner chris how are you doing today my friend you know yankees baseball's right around the corner we have spring training uh, not too far away how are you doing today and how do you feel about the yankee season coming up
1: i'm doing well uh definitely looking forward to getting down to tampa um i know a couple of the other riders are down there now i'll be there on wednesday for report day um my beat partner Brendan Cuddy will be down there tomorrow, actually. But looking forward to it. It's going to be my first spring training as a reporter covering the Yankees. Um, growing up, my dad and I went down to Tampa quite often. I, I grew up a Yankees fan. I'm originally from the Bronx, um, so I've, I've been in I've been in the facility numerous times, just not in a reporter capacity, but. You know, I'm I'm definitely looking forward to getting down there and and building relationships with a lot of the guys and looking forward to seeing how um, they look ahead of this this upcoming season. You know, for the season itself, you know, I, I do think that the Yankees have enough talent to be one of the best teams in the league as they were this past season. They were obviously you know, brutalized with injuries. It seemed like everybody was hurt at one point in the season, especially when I started in August. Um, You know, but I do think that talent-wise, they have enough to win the AL East at minimum. And then from there, you know, do they have enough to beat the Astros in in the playoffs, which has obviously been the biggest question surrounding the Yankees going back to um, Judge's rookie season in 2017. In my opinion, I, I don't think so. But again, there there's plenty of time to go before we start worrying about the roster because you know the trade deadline's not until August first, so there's there's plenty of time for the Yankees to improve. I, I don't I, I would be stunned if Aaron Hicks is you know the starting left fielder August second. So I, I do think that moves are ahead if they whether or not they come prior to opening day on March 30th against the Giants that I'm not sure of but I, I would be stunned if there wasn't some sort of big move um, before August 1st
0: so the Yankee season's right around the corner you know a lot of things are going to be going on especially with spring training you know there's already some news about Nester coming out but how do you feel about the season uh, as it looks right now and with spring training around the corner I imagine it's really exciting for baseball
1: yeah, for sure. You know, I'm I'm definitely looking forward to getting down to to Tampa. Um, I I'll be there on Wednesday for the for pitchers and catchers report day. Um, my beat reporter, I mean, not my beat reporter, my beat partner Brendan Cuddy is is going down on Tuesday. Um, but yeah, we're looking forward to to starting up. Uh, Working together, um, you know the season itself. I'm I'm definitely looking forward to it. You know, I started covering the team in August, so this is gonna be my first full season, and just getting down to Tampa is exciting for me too. You know, my dad and I went to Tampa numerous times when when I was growing up. Um, I Grew up a Yankees fan. I'm originally from the Bronx. So just now covering it as a reporter, I'm certainly looking forward to the opportunity um, just because, um, you know, I remember going down to Tampa when I was 9, 10, 11 years old, and now I'm doing it um, and getting paid to, to be there. So I'm certainly looking forward to it. Um, for the season itself, you know, I, I think the, the Yankees certainly have enough talent to be one of the contenders in, in the american league i I think they they should win the al east i think they're the best team at in the division once again i think it's just going to come down to whether or not they have done enough to close the gap with the astros as of now i i don't think they've done enough but you know the trade deadline is august 1st um i i would be surprised if you know for example, Aaron Hicks is the starting left fielder on August 2nd. You know, I do think that moves will come at some point. Whether or not they come prior to the start of opening day on March 30th, I don't know. But again, I, I do think that when we're talking about the Yankees on August 2nd, I think they will look much different then than they are right now.
0: Yeah, you know, that's a really interesting point about how, you know, this team, yes, you know, we have to evaluate the team as it is right now, but end of the day, you know, the deadline still definitely matters. Your team in April does not look like your team in October. and We've seen kind of the negative side of that with not having LeMahieu or uh, not having Carpenter after you kind of feel like you can rely on him at some point during the summer. Um, but, you know, the Yankees in left field, they do have a question mark there. It seems to kind of be the, more, the most pressing issue or the most pressing position battle because there's a lot of uncertainty going on there. You know, um, how aggressive are the Yankees in the outfield market right now? And, and kind of more importantly, I guess, how do the Yan- who are some guys that you think can step up outside of, you know, the Hicks and Cabreras of the world uh, to potentially get some reps in left field?
1: Yeah, I mean, they're still, you know, in communication with Jerks and Profar from San Diego. Um, right now, Profar just wants more money than the Yankees are willing to give. The Yankees are kind of right up against the, the, the Cohen tax, if, if you want to call it that, and they don't want to go over that. If they do clear out space, you know, perhaps they re-engage with Profar, but, but as of now, you know, I'm expecting either Hicks or Cabrera to be the starting left fielder come opening day. There aren't really many options outside of that, unless you want to go extreme, you know, could it be Estevan Florial? Probably not, honestly. Um, there's there aren't many options. Um, if you want to go crazy, could someone like Austin Wells? You know, he's obviously listed as a catcher, but many scouts think that he's going to end up having to change positions whenever he makes it to the majors. He's a lefty bat um, who produces a a lot of home runs and his and his swing is really tailor made for. short portion right you know maybe they go crazy and say you know that's our guy but as of now i don't really expect anyone else to be in the mix for left field other than hicks or cabrera um and right now i'm predicting aaron hicks is going to be the the starter on opening day and i i know that um it's not the answer that yankees fans are probably wanting to hear but um, unless the Pirates dramatically lower their ask for Brian Reynolds, and, and the Yankees certainly remain interested with wanting Reynolds. It's just the Pirates want, you know, the, the moon and the stars for Reynolds, and, you know, and this is just, frankly, my opinion. I don't think he's on that level where, you know, the Yankees should feel comfortable giving up two of three of, you know, Volpe, Peraza, and Dominguez, it's just too much. He's a good player. I don't think he's like a Juan Soto type of player where you, you know, demolish your farm system, and you know, acquire someone like Reynolds. If it if it was Juan Soto who we're talking about, sure. But this is not Juan Soto. Um, so unless they unless the Pirates d- um, lower their ask, I don't think that's happening anytime soon. I I do think it's it's certainly something to um, keep in mind when the trade deadline rolls around in, in August. And I think the Yankees will certainly be re-engaged with them. I don't think the Pirates are going to make the playoffs. They're, they're likely going to be one of the worst teams again in the league. And if the Pirates decide that there's just no way forward for the two sides to agree on a, on a long-term contract extension, which is the reason why Reynolds requested the trade in the first place... Then maybe the Pirates decide, you know what, maybe someone like Everson Pereira and Clark Schmidt is a good enough package, but as of now, they, they that's not what they want. They want, you know, Bolpi, Peraza, and Dominguez.
0: Yeah, no, we've definitely talked about on this podcast, you know, frequently, especially with uh, kind of the dry spell with free agency kind of dwindling down pretty quickly. Uh, just the price to Reynolds, it seems extreme, right? You mentioned he's not a Juan Soto player, so why trade a Juan Soto package? Um, but, you know, you, you mentioned Austin Wells, and I know you mentioned it, it's kind of like that if we go extreme here, but you did write a piece about him, um, you know, and kind of how he's adamant to stay as a catcher. You know, I've, been a pretty big fan of Austin Wells and I I believe in his ability as a catcher. You know, um, you also wrote about him as someone to look at in spring training. You know, what are some of the things you think uh, would be considered positive signs? I know he's not going to make the roster, most likely the major league team, but what are some things that you think are important for him to go through in this spring training? Uh, kind of maybe his last one uh, as a permanent minor leaguer.
1: I mean, I think it's important for him um, when he's down in Tampa, just being around jose trevino and and kyle higashioka those guys are two of the best defenders in in the league um you know they're excellent framers trevino obviously just won the platinum glove award in the american league um i just think for for austin just being around those guys in particular is is going to be extremely helpful for him just from talking with him and, and talking to people inside the organization just about his work ethic um there's no doubt in anyone's minds who I talked to when I wrote that story that you know he's going to just roll over and and quit when you know if they tell him that he has to play first base or or left field or, or whatever it might be like that's just not his mindset and he's always been that way. So I think for for Austin in particular, um, I think one advantage that he he does have is, When you look at the major league roster right now in that lineup, it's really right-hand dominant. Um, You know they could, and it's been an issue for the Yankees for several years now. Is they're too right-hand dominant, and it's in the lineup has had a tendency of getting exposed in the playoffs. Um, So he is a left-handed bat. Um, as I said before, you know he is one. He's someone who has produced a lot of power in the minor leagues. That's never been an issue, and his his swing path is tailor made for the short portion in right field. So if the Yankees, you know, want a left-handed bat, there aren't many better options in their farm system than Wells. So I think he has that going for him. Whether or not he sticks at catcher. I think it's it kind of varies from person to person who you talk to. The Yankees are are saying all the right things and I don't think they're going to come out publicly and say, yeah, like this guy can't catch and and he stinks behind the plate and we're going to just throw him out to left field. They're not they're not going to do that. When you talk to people outside of the organization is that's when varying opinions have. You know, um, some people don't think he has a strong enough arm to stay behind the plate, which is why they think either first base or left field is a better option for him. But, you know, I was I came away very impressed with just his mindset of, you know, I, I want to prove to people that I belong behind the plate. And I think when the when the league ends up going to an automated system or a challenge system, the defensive Metrics behind the plate are, are going to change. We're going to change the way we evaluate catchers. Um, framing is obviously the biggest thing right now. If it's a fully automated system, well, framing goes out of the way. If it's a challenge system, you know, framing is still important, but it's not as important um, as it is right now. So if if the catching position gets changed in the next few years and and we have different ways of evaluating these guys the ability austin's ability to hit really really well is going to be a huge um positive for him because you know when you look around major league baseball there aren't many good hitters who are also catchers and he's been by far one of the best um hitters in minor league baseball regardless of position so I'm I'm really uh, curious to see how he's going to look. Uh, I'm, he's definitely one of the guys I'm I'm most looking forward to seeing when I'm down in Tampa.
0: Yeah, you know I've had the hot take that I, I think he's going to get a postseason at bat some at some point this year. Um, you know, I, I don't know the percentage. I don't think the percentage of that is as high as I'd like it to be. Uh, but definitely something, I mean, I, I 100% agree with you with the offensive side of the ball. And it's good to hear that he has that great mindset. Uh, it feels like a lot of guys in the Yankee system have uh, kind of been re- well-regarded off the field. You know, Anthony Volpe is obviously someone who's going to generate a lot of buzz. In the shortstop position, I mean, that's going to generate a ton of buzz all uh, spring training. It looks like is probably going to win the job. I, I don't know if you have any uh, opposition to that there uh but it kind of feels like he's gonna win the job so third base i think is a lot more of an interesting battle because you have josh donaldson and dj LeMahieu. both of them are guys who are rebounding from something whether it's you know in josh donaldson's case it's a really bad 2022 at the plate for his standards or for dj LeMahieu, it's a toe injury that you know they avoided surgery on but you kind of still feel a little uneasy about it you know kind of walk us through what you think this third base position could look like and how the yankees are going to manage their playing time this year
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's like left field. It's one of the positions that has at least some level of intrigue um, just for the reasons you mentioned. I'm very curious to see how Donaldson's going to look this year. I I think there's no sugarcoating how disappointing he was, especially at the plate. That was the reason why they, they traded for Donaldson. If anybody says differently, they're lying. They traded for him because they felt like he was one of the best offensive third base third baseman in Major League Baseball. He wasn't, um, and he was a disaster in the playoffs, uh, especially. Um, the The, the thing that I go back to for Donaldson in particular is usually when you reach a certain age, and he's thirty seven. A lot of the times, he, like there's no going back. You know, you reach a point, and he's had an awesome career, former MVP, and he's been very consistent throughout his career. Sometimes there just reaches a point in a a player's career where that's it. And you look at—I was just talking to somebody today about this. You look at what happened with Tom Brady this year. Tom Brady was awesome, obviously, probably the best NFL player of all time. And then this season, he kind of looks, you know— average and kind of below average and it just and it just hits you know I do wonder if if that's what we saw with with Donaldson this past season is you know it just hit old age hit Um, because when you look at his numbers really across the board there aren't many encouraging signs that you know Yankees fans should expect a bounce back Um, his exit velocities were down his hard hit percentages were down Um, He was chasing more pitches out of the zone. He wasn't walking enough. Um, His strikeout rates were through the roof. He wasn't hitting um, off-speed pitches, breaking ball pitches. Like, nothing would suggest that 2023 will be drastically different. You know, looking at it more optimistically, maybe he can lower his chase rate. Maybe he can, you know, rise his walk rate it was 9.9 percent this season if he can get it around 12 13 percent that could make a huge difference um you know 2021 donaldson was hitting sliders and sinkers really really well he was one of the best hitters when it came to you know hitting breaking pitches this season he was one of the worst you know if he improves even just a little bit i think it would make a big difference there um but you know again he is when you reach that age, it's hard to to predict a bounce back. With, with Lemayhu, I think for him it's it's really just about health. You know, it's back to back years now where the Yankees haven't had him available in the postseason. Two years ago, he wasn't available in, in the the one game wild card against Boston. This past season, obviously he he didn't play because of the toe injury, and it's a huge loss because you can certainly make the argument that he is the second best hitter on the team behind. Aaron Judge, of course. Um, and not having him in the lineup is, is a big difference. We saw that, you know, the Yankees needed more contact hitting, and LeMay is one of the best in baseball at getting on base and, and making contact, and you didn't have that in the lineup. So maybe, and I asked Brian Cashman this a couple months ago, of, you know, could we possibly see LeMayhu's role just lower a little bit to keep him fresh for October maybe he becomes you know instead of a 140 game player could he become 115 120 um and Cashman said that that wasn't really being considered at the time in my opinion I think it probably will be considered at some point um if they haven't changed their mind now just because of the fact he is so valuable to this team um but again I'm I'm, I'm very curious to see what happens in the infield because you have Rizzo, who's likely playing first base. Torres at second. Peraza, who I'm projecting at short, and either Donaldson or or Lemayo. obviously the better player. Uh, Donaldson is owed twenty seven million dollars, and I and I do wonder if that's going to play any sort of factor into whether or not he ends up playing. I don't know, um, but it, it's going to be cu- I'm gonna, it's going to be interesting to see how the the infield shakes out.
0: Yeah, I think you make excellent points about kind of the availability of LeMahieu, how important that is. I mean, if you look at the uh, kind of even that game one itself where Donaldson really struggled against Verlander, there was some really ugly swings there in pretty key situations early on where the Yankees could have pushed Verlander on the ropes and where you kind of look at and say, if we had LeMahieu there, maybe he puts a ball in play and perhaps the Yankees did a couple runs across and perhaps steal that game. And then you don't know how the series plays out after that. Um, but, you know, another key guy they missed in the postseason was Michael King, right? You know, Michael King was arguably this team's best reliever, and then he got hurt, right? Um, and, and you mentioned, you know, that uh, in a mailbag uh, about a month ago that his elbow injury, it's something that, you know, it'd be a little optimistic to assume that he'd be ready on opening day. Has anything changed on that front, or, or are we still on the erring on the side of he's probably not going to be ready uh, for day one?
1: Yeah, um, my partner, Brennan Cuddy, actually... His first article when he started with The Athletic was a, a deep dive on, on King and, and his, his injury and, and bouncing back. You know, Michael believes that um, he could be ready for opening day. Um, speaking with other members of the organization, it, it still seems like it's a little bit optimistic that he is ready to go. Um, the Yankees also just treat injuries very, very cautiously understandable it's it's april baseball we're talking about and they're not really i mean yes like you obviously want to win games but the goal is to have everybody healthy for october so i think they're going to take it um slow with king and they already have um with his offseason program so i think it's a i think i still think it's a little optimistic to expect he is you know 100% fully deployed by opening day um, but again if he looks great in spring training and he reports that they his elbow feels a hundred percent the medical team feels like he's a hundred percent Aaron Boone feels like he can hundred percent trust him then then sure he, he could be ready by March 30th but you know as we stand now uh, we're recording this February 13th I think it's a little optimistic. But again, maybe something changes changes in spring training, and, and he looks like the king we saw in in uh 2022 for for them to change their mind.
0: Yeah, and I imagine that the Nestor news doesn't really help with the uh, pitching depth in terms of you know who they have available on opening day. Now it hasn't been confirmed or anything that Nestor will miss opening day. I believe um, Martino said Andy Martino said that it was like like they're not sure or it's uh, not ruled out for him to uh, be pitching on on opening week. Um, but it's definitely going to affect that fifth starter spot because it's a battle between Hermann and Schmidt, it kind of feels like. But if Nestor misses any time, you know, now both of them are involved uh, in the equation here. You know, is there a- are there any other arms you think could potentially be stretched out to kind of compete for either to get a start or a look uh, if Nestor were to miss time or potentially just fill in as the five starter uh, with Montas out?
1: Yeah, I mean, I th- I think, uh, you know, if Nestor ends up having to miss time, um, my understanding is it's not that extreme, but again, any sort of delay in spring training could push back um, you know, his progression toward making his his start um, f- for uh, the opening week. So if he's if he doesn't have to miss time, then you know I've, that's obviously a big win for the Yankees, but if he does, like you said, I think Schmidt and Herman are the two guys for sure who are going to be in the mix with Frankie Montas expected to miss at least one month of the season and you know potentially more. Um, outside of those two names, there are guys in AAA ready. Uh, Johnny Brito, Matt Blake um, mentioned uh, Brito being someone that he was really intrigued with when he um, was at uh, Carlos Ordone's um, press conference to introduce him to the Yankees. Um, Randy Vasquez is another name to watch, but it's, it's really, the Yankees are really focused on if, if Nestor has to miss time, it's going to be Schmidt and Herman, um, in, in the four or five spots.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, and it makes sense. I mean, those are the guys with major league experience. You know, you don't want to have to dip into you. I imagine Brito kind of feel feels more of that Sears role for last year um, where he was kind of just like deployed whenever the Yankees needed him. And this isn't a pitching staff that I, I know. I believe it was, Eno Soros who made who wrote the article uh, with the injury percentiles, the Yankees starting pitching rotation does have pretty high injury risk. So you'd rather keep, save all your bullets like Brito and Vasquez or potentially even Crook if they want to use him as a starter. Um, but, you know, at end of the day, I, I think that we're looking at a situation where this team has enough depth to cover the rotation. Maybe you feel a little bit differently. Um, but my final question for you, and this isn't tailored to like the Yankees or anything specific like that. Um, but you know, you mentioned joining the athletic kind of in the middle of the season, you know, in August, I mean, that's not too far from, you know, all the mayhem that's going on the trade deadline. You know, the Yankees had kind of started to sputter a little bit, uh, in July and that tra- carried over into August. You know, what was the process like covering that team during a, a kind of a very turbulent, extreme, uh, stretch in their year? I mean, I imagine there was a lot going on, but take us kind of through that process and, and um, how you got settled into that role
1: yeah well my first day they traded for uh, montas yeah. i had no idea what the hell was going on it was kind of a cluster um just because of the fact that um you know when you join a when you're a reporter and, and you start a new job especially in the middle of the season no matter if you've done the job for 20 years or not like if you take a new job in reporting it's difficult and it, and it, it was difficult um I had never covered baseball before. I mean, baseball was my favorite sport, played it all my life, so it wasn't like I didn't have an understanding of the game. I just didn't have the relationships that, you know, you ideally want as a reporter. Um, So it was certainly challenging, and and the fact that the Yankees were really bad in August also made it difficult just because of the fact that, you know, when they're when the, when the media has access to the clubhouse a lot of the times the players were not in there and as someone new like trying to meet as many people as possible it made it really challenging and add to the fact that um, you know Aaron Judge is in pursuit of the American League home run record so there're just way more reporters around than usual which meant that the players didn't did not also want to be in the same room as reporters um most of the time especially toward the end of the season where everybody was trying to you know cover judges pursuit of 62 um so it was definitely hard um you know i feel like in the couple of months that i had around the team so i was there august september and through the playoffs um you know, I definitely made some inroads with a few of the guys. That's why I'm really looking forward to spring training because, you know, I've, I've heard it's the best time to really build relationships with, with really everybody, players, front office people, coaches. Um, so I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to that. Um, but you know, I've been with the athletic, this is my fifth year now I was covering the Atlanta Hawks pr- uh, previously covered the Hawks for four years. Um, but I've, I've been a, I've been a, a professional sports reporter for eight years now. You know, reporting skills transfer no matter what job you have. You know, I, I could leave the Yankees beat tomorrow and, and, you know, go cover the Columbus Blue Jackets and, and figure it out on, on, the, on the fly. Um, you know, and that's what I had to do when I started in August just because it's the middle of the season nobody knows me, I really had to hit the ground running, um, but, you know, having a full season now, I'm, I'm certainly looking forward to, you know, getting started, you know, having a full season, making sure, like, all the players, the coaches, the front office people know who I am and all that, so really looking forward to it, and, and you know, it's it's really, you know, covering the Yankees is, it's, for me, it's a dream come true, you know, I grew up, two miles from the stadium. My dad and I went to so many games growing up. Um I was four years old in nineteen ninety six, which was really a great time to start watching baseball and and playing baseball. Um you know, Jeter was at the Jeter was just starting pretty much. Um and then obviously the dynasty through the late nineties. So um, you know, just being around the team now it's it's truly a dream come true and, and an opportunity that you know I'm I I can't take for granted and you know a job that I really want to do the absolute best I possibly can
0: yeah. And again, I mean, it's really cool to hear that. you. I mean, you're from the Bronx, you know, as you mentioned, you grew up watching Yankees. You got to watch kind of the dynasty teams. You know, that's how my dad got into the Yankees as well. That's, I mean, it translated to me as well. Um, but, you know, I appreciate you so much for coming on. We wish you the best of luck this year covering the Yankees. As you mentioned, you know, uh, spring training, great opportunity. Uh, and, and end of the day, it's going to be a long season. It, I mean, baseball it's 162 games. It's always a long year. Uh, but we hope the best for you and we are more than excited to see what you have in store for us this year. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And again, guys, we're going to have links to his to the, his athletic page in the description. Uh, make sure to check him out on Twitter. It's just at Chris Kirshner. Or Kirshner. Um, there's no numbers or anything, so you don't have to worry about that. And again, thank you so much for coming on. We'll, we'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace out.